Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. means it's it's me and calvin my name is matt rury the soothing saxophone you hear of course from the song careless whispers nope careless whisper that's our show careless whispers with an s calvin how are you tonight pretty good yeah, you know what? I never really thought about like what a careless, a careless whisper, like because if you like, if you have like a careless phrase, right? It's like something that you like say without sure. thinking. But I feel like to, to to give someone a whisper automatically requires a certain amount of forethought. You know what I mean? So like a careless whisper, you're just really being irresponsible. That's yeah, that's very irresponsible. Or maybe you're just trying to get a rise out of somebody. You know, maybe. Maybe you've you're, you've calculated something here. Then it wouldn't mm-hmm. be careless, right? It'd be it'd be a calculating whisper. You well, I mean, it could be calculated, but also careless. What if there what if there's bad math involved? It's uh, so like an incompetent whisper. Uh huh. I guess it is. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> this is uh, our show on CLNS Media, and I am on Twitter at Team Green Truth. That's where you find the link once in a while. If you want to listen live, that's definitely where you're finding the link. Unless I emailed it to you because you're special. Um, I don't really know how much Celtics we're going to talk here to lead off this show because I'm 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 still not exactly sure how I feel about the off season. But let's start with just a real quick wrap up on the season. And listen, two weeks ago, actually. Two months ago, I said that it would be a disappointing result if the Celtics got to the or did not if they failed to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Well, guess what? They did that, so not disappointing. Even though they they lost to the to the Cavs ultimately, that was their demise. Everybody predicted it. Everybody expected it. But guess what? They are the only team to beat either of the NBA finalists in a game in the playoffs this season. So I think when you look at it that way, it's, it's pretty impressive because that, that, I mean, you have to factor Kawhi Leonard's injury into the Spurs losing uh, uh, in a sweep to the Warriors. But I still think it shows you that the, the clear cut favorites are these two teams that are there right now. And for the Celtics to even, uh, even come close to putting a scare into Cleveland is I'm I'm happy with that as a result. I think they played hard. They lost Isaiah Thomas, and they came together as a team without him. And ultimately, the season was a success. Because if you had said that they were going to be the one seed before the season started, people would have laughed you out of the building, right off the air. They would just laugh at you. Yeah, and in terms of big picture, I totally agree. Because I... We yeah we had this conversation. I said the same thing that they had to get the Eastern Conference. It worked out okay for Ainge and the whole like you know should have should Ainge have made a trade thing because the, the thing is just that they like they weren't really competitive in that Cleveland series, which 
actually brings brings up an, an interesting question. I'm I'd be uh, interested to put to you because I've, I've been hearing this debates around the post game and even a little nationally. Is, is do you do you think that, that you gave Celtics you know the credit for that win and that was that was a great moment, but do you think that like in light of how they played, in, especially in those three games in Boston and sort of the the amount at which uh, by which they lost, would, would you? Is there any part of you that thinks like you'd be better off be, being Indiana and losing every one of those games by three or four, rather than you know twenty or thirty and then having the one win? Or do you think uh, the, the one? I mean, no. no I mean, you might be able to take more out of it as as a as a team is concerned, just because you can look at more tape where you played well, you know. But ultimately, uh-huh. I think that the one win is something that these guys take take away as a bigger deal than keeping it close for four games because they kept it close for four games or, th- or three. Uh, yeah. Four games. They kept it close for four games uh, in, in relative terms, I guess, uh, because the, that? a lot of those, a lot of those Indiana games were, were blowouts at times. And then they either came, they clawed back into it and didn't really have a chance to win at the end or Cleveland came back from being down uh, big in one of those games and blew it open. So, they, their momentum has carried them. So I think you can draw similarities between the games that the Celtics lost by 10 to 12 points on the road and the game they won. And uh, you can draw between the, that and the, the Pacers series in as a whole. So I don't know. I, and I also think that once, once Thomas went down, regardless of his prowess on defense, how you feel about him as a defensive player, they had to change on the fly, and they weren't used to that. And to me, when you're changing things on the fly in a, in a playoff series, that is all the more reason for the team with the better player and best player to, to win. So the Celtics – people aren't, aren't giving the Celtics enough credit for not only winning a game without Isaiah, but playing relatively hard throughout – the, those other two games and some keeping it somewhat close without him as well. Yeah, I I, I think that my you know the, the one the one reservation I have about sort of looking at the the entire process as, as a positive is like I I didn't I didn't love the effort by the Celtics in the, in the three games at home, especially game two and, and even more so game five, just because I. Well, yeah, they they missed a lot of open shots, but I I just felt like like they had sort of had their will broken a little bit in a way that I wouldn't expect from this Boston team. You know, I I get yeah, I understand losing, you know what I mean, and I understand getting outplayed. They're a better team than you, all of those things. It just sort of seems like there was a point in which in in both game two and game five, and the, the point being early on where they sort of just gave up on the game, and I I didn't love sort of the optics of that, but. Maybe you saw it differently. Well, I think in Game Five they just—that was the straw that broke the camel's back. They were fighting so long, and they—they they just didn't have enough ammo, you know. So there's a, there's a point where they probably did give up. Uh, but in Game Two, I, I'm—I don't know if, if I would go so far as to say that because I think they were still trying to play hard, uh, and even though they could sort of see the Cleveland was just totally dominating them, so. I don't know. Either way, I, I'm I'm not I'm not going to disparage them for the way that the series series went because I, I think that they were there and that's where they were supposed to be and it was a good indicator of how much better Cleveland actually is. I, I want to see what happens as far as the the uh, you know role players going forward because Jarebko is going to walk now. You got to imagine Amir Johnson is gone. And there's going to be a handful of other guys that they either cut or trade. Uh, so there are going to be some open roster spots, and you've got a couple guys overseas. You've got probably Markel Fultz coming in. And more importantly to me, for this team to really take a step in the right direction, they need to find a, another uh, veteran presence like Amir Johnson was a few years ago. He was a, he was a little bit healthier when they when they first signed him, and – He's really fallen off the face of the earth as far as players in the NBA are concerned. So I want them to go out and get or improve the four slash five position, depending on where you're going to play Horford. That's, that's more important for me. 
it'll be interesting to see if if they in fact don't get Yanko overall because like you said they do have those overseas guys they got to bring in. Um, although isn't I yeah, but Sally guy is hurt, right? I, he might not come over now. So I heard something about that, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's definitely a Swedish guy. And then uh, yeah, but can yeah, those guys play right now? You never know with those guys. You know, I, no, I just I, I can. Yeah, I, no, no, no. I, yeah, I, I definitely am not on the um, you know watch two watch a two minute YouTube clip of Digits and talk about how he's going to dominate the NBA next year. I, I I like to wait until especially like guys like that who play like fourteen minutes a game in Spain. Like even if they're even if they're an effective fourteen right. minutes, like. I don't I have no idea how that translates to the NBA. Like I'm not even saying this is a negative. Like maybe he'll be off. Maybe he'll be way better than I thought. But until I see a guy play a half season, I'm in the NBA. I'm not ready to, to call him anything one way or the other. You know. But um. But the yeah, the point I was making is this: like the the overall roster might be a little younger next season just because of those guys you talked about leaving and probably being replaced roster spot wise with younger players. You know what I mean? Especially, like, you didn't even mention Kelly Olenek, who is who is a free agent, but um, the Celtics might have... So, oh, you're not a fan of Olenek, right? I can't remember. I just, I'm not, afraid that they're going to re-sign him somehow. And I just, I don't want it to happen, but I think it's going to. I think they like him a lot, and I just hope they realize that if they're going to really take a step in the next direction, I don't think he's, he's enough. I think he's... But, I mean, if they want to keep him and make him him the eighth or ninth guy, then maybe maybe he surprises some people next year or something. But I don't think he's a, a guy that's going to be playing on a playoff contending team. I I think it's unlikely they bring him back just simply because, for in, in order to sign, in order to give someone a max offer like a Gordon Hayward or whoever they're targeting in this off season, be it Blake Griffin or Millsap. Some, you know, maybe someone you don't like, maybe someone you do. The point is, is they're probably going to try to make a huge offer at somebody. But in order to do that, you have to renounce Kelly Olenek's cap hold. So for Kelly Olenek to, to re-sign with the Celtics, basically Kelly Olenek is going to have to wait around through free agency until yep. the big free agent sign. Yes, and then, he is. And then, which, which also like, yeah, it, it like takes away from his opportunity to go elsewhere. And the Celtics have no like they don't have any cap you know connection to him, and then he's gonna like resign with the Celtics after that on a lower deal. It's like maybe he really loves Brad Stevens, and, and the thing is, is like if they sign that max guy, they can't sign Kelly Olynyk anyway. So he's okay, so around hold and, on a sec though. And, like, okay. isn't he's restricted, or I think he's restricted. Uh, yeah, he is restricted, but it doesn't again. It doesn't matter because okay. for them so, for them to free up the cap space. They, if they renounce his rights, he becomes unrestricted. That's how, oh, I how see. that works. Yeah. Okay, because so he's restricted and it's, he goes against the cap. I gotcha. Yeah, exactly. So he can be restricted if they don't if they don't want to free up that money to go after the max free agent. But I'm but that seems to be their plan as of right now. So I imagine he he will be an, an unrestricted free agent. And it, it's it's hard for me to see a young guy like that just waiting around on, on the off chance that the Celtics don't get anyone they want and then re-signing back with them. No, he'll probably sign yeah. with the Raptors or Magic or something. Who knows, who knows yeah. who's going to throw a ton of money at him. Somebody will, though. That's the point that I was going to try and get to, is that who is going to overpay for this guy? That's what I want to know. What would you pay for, Olenek, if, if you're in, in, in today's NBA? $10 million? What are we talking about here? What, what do you think Kelly and Olenek said? Uh, in today's NBA or in tomorrow's NBA? Because I consider Al Horford's contract to be tomorrow's NBA. You know what I mean? Uh, no, I don't. I, I I feel like Al Horford's contract is yesterday's NBA because tomorrow. Really, NBA you do? Is, yeah, because because tomorrow's NBA, the cap's already going up tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like even Mike Conley's max contract won't be a max max contract by next year. It'll be close, but like. So, so, All right. Well, so but that but I mean I think that Al Horford is overpaid right now, and I think that oh, next he, year he he's going to be underpaid. Oh, I don't know. I don't know that it'll swing that far. I, I wouldn't say that he'll he'll be underpaid by next year. I think. Maybe, I mean, if he's maybe a, by. 
Right now he's a top it. let's see, one, two, three, there's eight guys or seven guys that are paid as much as him or LeBron. Right now. So I'm getting, saying I'm anyway. saying that if, if if he is still a top ten paid player at the start of next year, then I think he's he's going to be underpaid because I think there's that much of a swing with him. I think he's important. I think he's a, he's a, a, an excellent player. And if he drops out of that top 10 and drops down to like 15 or 16, uh, then, I mean, I don't know how many guys are getting re-upped this year, but I would imagine that a lot of them are going to be making more than that $26 million. So that's where I'm starting to look at it and say in tomorrow's NBA, Al Horford to me is, is going to be an underpaid player. And I'm, oh, I'm only I, I using Al Horford as a as a as a gauge to where to where I'm going with Kelly Olenek, because ten million is probably about right. In t- is, even in tomorrow's NBA for Kelly Olenek, in my mind, right. he shouldn't be making he shouldn't be making more than than ten or twelve million dollars. But right. when you look so, yeah. at salaries for this year, and you're looking at players around that 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 salary range, I mean, you're talking about guys like Zach Randolph in the last year of his career. I mean, let's just go Al Jefferson, Toledovich, Dudley, all these guys, they're not that great. You know, they don't, they're not players that do even really do anything in the league. So that would kind of be a slap in the face to, to him next year, in my opinion, because that's, he, oh, yeah. worth more than that, you know? Yeah, no, you're right. It might, it might well be the, the, yes, the, uh, the Evan Turner special of a doing unit. Man. Where is Turner on this list? Forty-five, Boy. right between. Oh man, that's ironic. He's he's right between Clay Thompson and Gordon Hayward. <laughs> there you go. That's so he's brutal. Just as good as those guys, man. He's just as good as those guys, and you're looking at his his bank account. That's right. All right, so we'll, anyway. we'll obviously we'll obviously continue to talk about the Celtics every week. Um, yeah, a lot of you know a lot of talk about what they should do in the off season. You're not ready to talk about Isaiah, but we'll we'll get there. Uh, we'll get to to Fultz. What do you think about Lonzo like deciding not to not to work out for the Celtics? You think it's, that's just posturing because he already knows that they're going to draft Fultz regardless? Or well, I was listening to something today where uh, I guess Steve Bullpet, a columnist here in Boston, wrote over the weekend that. Um, he believes that Ainge has wanted Fultz all along, and that's why he didn't trade the pick in the without having it protected this in this draft because he wants Fultz. So I I think that whatever, regardless of whatever posturing happens down the line here with the Lakers, etc., Ainge is going to take Fultz unless somebody like I don't know throws Anthony Davis in his face or uh, a player of that caliber or gets he can get it in writing that they're not going to take Fultz with the number one pick, and he can get him lower, I think they're using the pick, and I, I think he's probably not even going to really entertain many offers. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's not legal. NBA would get it in writing. Of course not. not. See, this is what I'm yeah. saying. So I, he's using the pick. I, there's not many, there aren't many yeah. choices here if you're Danny Ainge, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, you, if, 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 you know, not to, not to go back to Isaiah said I, we wouldn't, but I think if, if, if you're committed enough to Isaiah, I would think about moving the pick. If, but I don't think something should be, and we'll, we'll talk about that going on. I mean, if you're committed to giving Isaiah... This, Forget like, being committed sport, to Isaiah. Danny Ainge is committed to the best player, and if he thinks that Fultz is going to end up being a better player than Isaiah Thomas, then of course he's going to entertain uh, trade, idea, trade offers for Thomas. But it, that goes for any player. If 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 it was, if Fultz was six inches taller, uh, let's go with four inches taller or five, four to four to six inches taller, and then and Al Horford was the guy that he was te- technically going to be replacing. Ainge would be able to trade Horford too. He's not afraid of doing stuff like that. He he would pull the trigger if he had to. I don't think he's going to because I think he sees the value of having a guy like Isaiah Thomas and Markel Fultz on the same team, especially if he is going to let Isaiah walk away. Yeah, that's the thing, is that it's ultimately an, an allocation of resources. thing. That's why I do, I do think he's going to let Isaiah walk away. Um, 
Now that frees up the money. It gives Fultz the reins, yeah. and then he can go after and, another big name free agent, and it just reshapes the team. People aren't going to like hearing that. We should probably say it every week over the course of the summer because we'll get a lot of hate listens yeah. at that point. Um, but people aren't going to like hearing it. But I, I believe that the best course of action at this point, assuming they're going to take Fultz, is to have them play another year, to play a year together. If Isaiah wants to take a hometown discount on some sort of extension, then you maybe you can find a way to fit that in. But if not, and he really wants the max supermax deal, let him play his ass off, and then let him get let him get that money somewhere else. And then you go after a guy that that you think fits better when you have Fultz on the floor with whomever, Bradley, whoever's still around. It doesn't matter who, who you're going to piece there. Horford obviously is probably going to be one of those pieces, but. In my in my mind, man, as much as I hate to say it, Isaiah's been awesome, and we weren't going to get into it. And we can we'll definitely talk about it more going forward. This is the tease. We'll get into the the real reasons why in the coming weeks. But let him walk away. Have another awesome year with with Isaiah, and let him walk. Yeah, I feel bad for Isaiah because like, yeah, first first he's going through this hip surgery, so like so that's now a thing. You know. He, he, even if they wanted to trade him right now, like that's an obstacle to that now because, you know, his health is going to be in question, especially with something for a hip. So he might have to come back and play, but then he's, he's making these comments out there. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to, to wait for Danny H to back the back up the Brinks truck to me. Cause I understand he's trying to get free agents now. And it's like, I, I can't, I, I get it. I get your, your situation and he's been so good for the Celtics. But, like, Danny Angel is not going to offer him a contract extension in this season and, and hinder their money anyway. Even if Isaiah said, please pay me now. You know what I mean? Danny, Danny Angel is Danny Ainge. But, so I, I get why he was, like, trying to play the political game and save base. But, like, Danny Ainge doesn't play, man. He doesn't care about anything. He doesn't care about Isaiah. So, hopefully it works out for him. He but cares, we'll he about, cares him. about his job, you know. He, he, yeah. he takes pride in his job. He takes pride in his work. I think he always has. And if if you really want to do that job right, you can't be the owner of the team. You can't get into the the sentimental value. You can't be a fan. You have to look at putting yourself and your organization in the best position that you can for the next five to ten years. Because you know what? It, it might even be a little bit selfishness, a little bit of selfishness, selfishness on Danny Ainge's part too, because he wants to keep his own job, right? Yeah. He's, he's got to look out for himself. He wants to be the GM of the Boston Celtics, I would imagine, in the year 2025. So if he's going to do that, he needs to set it up so that there's they still think that he's doing the right thing. And that means continuing to improve the team. And if that if that means even trading Isaiah right now, get a guy like Fultz in here and get him the playing time he needs, et cetera, build the young core, then he's going to do it. Ainge is not afraid of something like that. Anyway, we spent too much time well, on the Celtics, Calvin. Yeah, maybe, well, maybe uh, maybe you could trade Isaiah Thomas to the Spurs because you know who's not going to the Spurs today? Chris Paul. I'm, I'm calling right now. Calling my shot. Chris Paul is not going to the Spurs. As much, even though it, Just as a free people, agent? Yeah, as or or is a signing trade? Or no, actually, you know, just as a free agent because they don't have a signing trade. And unless the Spurs are trying to trade Kawhi to the Clippers, and then I'll, I'll reevaluate this entire conversation. Chris Paul's not, not going to the Spurs. Yeah, Lamarcus Aldridge for Chris Paul is not going to get it done, right? So I don't. Yeah, if we're talking trade, who? What do, what do the Spurs have to trade? Paul Gasol's contract? Bring Paul Gasol back to LA? What are we talking Certainly about? Certainly not. Givens? Yeah. Jonathan Simmons and Danny Brown combination with Chris Paul. It's not look. They don't they don't have the assets to trade. More importantly, yes, they they could get under the con the the uh, salary cap to to a certain degree. Okay, by by moving certain guys who are movable. Uh, the, the Spurs like having the having they have this dream that like Pau Gasol is not going to pick up his sixteen million dollar player option or whatever. He's, there's there's no chance in hell Pau Gasol doesn't pick that option up. You might as well you might as well just get used to that money being off the books now. But there are guys they could trade. They could trade like Tony Parker, uh, probably. They could trade like your, you know, your Patty Mills or your uh, Danny Green. I almost call him Danny Brown. But anyway, that would have been the second time. Uh, I was wondering if there was a guy I didn't know on the Spurs, and I was like, wait a minute, who's Danny Brown? 
Do you know a guy Danny named Danny Brown? Yeah, no, he's okay. a rapper, and I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm mistaking him for Danny Green. Danny slash color name, that's how it is. No racism here, folks. Anyway, the point I'm making is, yeah, first of all, Chris, Chris Paul is like the, the player rep for the union, all right? And, Chris, and, like, Chris Paul specifically was the driving force behind, like, changing the Supermax uh, age limit from your th- from being 36 to, like, being able to be 38. Chris Paul is 32 right now, going to be a free agent, and now he can sign a five-year Supermax deal because he raised the years two years. He's signing that deal. Chris Paul is getting paid regardless. Oh, yeah. and, and, he, and the only team that can pay him that is the Clippers. Like I said, maybe they could trade him to the Spurs. I don't see them being motivated to do that because Chris Paul, yeah, he may not be, like, ecstatic about what's happening with the Clippers, but Chris Paul is also, like, not the dude who's he's not going to force the trade out of LA first of all and secondly, oh I was about first, to say what if he forces the trade back to New Orleans for Davis for Cousins for Cousins so you so you're the, you're the Clippers and you're running you're running a DeAndre Jordan Cousins based team yep that's yep that's what I'm doing if, I, if Chris Paul if, I mean if that's assuming you're going to play to Chris Paul's demands which Maybe maybe Doc Rivers resigns before he does that. I don't. Yeah, I don't know that Chris Paul like if he wants to leave demands to go to New Orleans, right? I mean, if, if Chris Paul really made made demands and the Clippers were in the catbird seat, like I would have to think that the Chris Paul for Kyrie deal is is the thing that makes more sense than anything. Hmm. People want to play with LeBron. LeBron yep. would want to play with him. Kyrie is a younger, much younger player that like gives something back to the Clippers. But again, I don't see any of these things happening. Maybe, maybe the Kyrie thing could could happen. Like, if the the Warriors just destroy the Cavs, then then we could we could revisit this conversation after the finals. I'm not saying. Look, I'm not saying Chris Paul won't ever go somewhere else. What I'm saying is Chris Paul is not going to sell for less than the supermax, and he's not going to San Antonio. Those are the two things that I'm promising you right now. As fun as it would be, if I'm the Spurs. I'm already like trying to do what I can to get Kyle Lowry because I, I think that's that's a much more reasonable expectation for like what. So do let me ask you then: uh, Assuming Chris Paul signs the supermax with the Clippers, will he go down as the best player ever to not win a championship? Hmm. Best player ever to not win a championship. I'd have I'd have to take a look at the guys. Is, 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 is Chris Paul better than Karl Malone? That's that's part of the that's one of the guys I was thinking of. Okay. I mean, uh, it, it, it would be Stockton too. You'd have to compare him directly to Stockton, and I think most people would I mean, say Chris yes. Paul, I think Chris Paul is better than John Stockton. I'll, I'll just come right out and say it. No, I don't need to weigh it, debate it. Chris Paul is a better basketball player than John Stockton. Think so, I mean, are we talking about Barkley here? We are talking Barkley's in the mix. Yeah. Barkley, yep. I mean, Elgin Baylor never won a title. How do you feel about that? Wait, didn't he didn't he win one with the Lakers? I thought I thought nope. that he did. He huh. retired he early. He re- I'm looking at a list right now. He retired in 71-72. Early in the season, they won the title that year. So I guess in today's NBA, he had a ring. But he got a ring. back then he did not get one. He retired. Hmm. So, so if a guy gets hurt the year a team wins the championship, do you do you count that as a guy as a guy winning a title? So yeah. back then, I would think probably even just like it is now, you, yeah, you would probably think yes. But Baylor specifically retired, so he did not get a, a ring. So actually, that would be a good question. Uh, had X player been let's let's say Richard Jefferson retires right now, does he get a ring if the if right. the Cavs win? You know what I mean? So I'm not sure how that works, but according to this USA Today list that I'm looking at, Elgin Baylor has never won a title. Um, But as far as the other players in this list are concerned, Kevin Durant, which who knows, he could win one this year, uh, Patrick Ewing, Stockton, Iverson, Dominique Wilkins, and USA Today has Chris Paul at number nine. Yeah, I think so the USA Today. We're, is, we're projecting you, out. We're going to be project, we're, we're basically we're projecting out five years from now, right? We're we're going to yeah. have to. That's my that's the question. 
assuming Durant gets a ring in the next five years, That's is safe. Chris Paul going to end his career better than Iverson, Ewing, Malone, Baylor, and Barkley? In my opinion, I think yes. If he plays at, the, at a high level for the next five years, he surpasses all those guys. I, I think Malone and Barkley are the only debatable ones for me. I think he's better than the other guys. Um, you know, if you want, you put up whatever fuss you want about Ewing, but like, if Ewing had a ceiling, you know what I mean? And I, I mean, I sure. could argue Chris Paul does too, but I, I feel like Chris Paul's ceiling is higher than Ewing. Um, like Ewing was like the lower end of the of that era of center. Like he wasn't David Robertson or uh, Akeem Olajuwon. So, um, yeah, I, I think right now. Uh, Malone and Barkley probably still have Chris Paul, but like you said, if he plays at, at a high level for another five years, which, you know, given given the attrition that Chris Paul seems to be suffering, mm. who, who knows if that will be the case. Right. But obviously longevity factors into greatness, but yeah, he's close. He's right there. All right. That's I, the Careless Whispers hypothetical segment of the day. Yeah. Well, we can go to another hypothetical segment, which is who wins the NBA Finals, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who wins the NBA Finals? Well, Calvin, I think the Warriors are just too stacked. They're too loaded. And I, it doesn't matter who they, who Cleveland throws at a couple of these guys. The, I think the Warriors are always going to find a way to get open shots and four out of the five guys on their on the court for them at all times are put confidence instill confidence in me when they're shooting pretty much the way that they end games and things like that. And sometimes it's five out of five. I don't feel that way when I watch the Cleveland Cavaliers play basketball. To me, it's a two man game in Cleveland. And once in a while, Kevin Love will knock down a shot. And it's just golden state just looks they look too powerful. Kevin Durant being there and just them already being kind of a juggernaut type of type of team. I'm not saying they're going to wipe the floor with Cleveland because I think LeBron has some pride and those guys are going to win a couple games. But Golden State in six sounds right to me. Yeah, I also like Golden State in six, but it's kind of for the opposite reasons. Like, I don't care like how they looked at times in in the Celtics series. At times, how good they didn't look and how good they looked in the Toronto series that said the same thing, how good they didn't look. I still don't think these Cavs can play defense. No, they can play defense better than they did during the regular season. I'm not trying to say they didn't, they didn't flip any switch, but, like, I still saw a lot of wide-open shots, even in that Celtics series, and that's part yeah. of the reason why I was critical of the Celtics earlier was not that they couldn't stop LeBron. It's, like, they, they just missed a lot of open shots. And, like, they, they had a lot of opportunities. They just let slip past them. Yeah, this, that's, that's exactly what I said. Just, well, in different words, just... Golden State's going to knock those down. They're going to find a way to get open shots, and they're going to they're going to knock them down. Yeah, but to, I, to me, the, the difference is just like Golden State can defend one through five. Or, of you know, course, Curry is not a, a great defender. I've obviously, like, I'm a, I don't think Cleveland doesn't have a chance. I think for Cleveland to go off, it's going to be Kyrie going off again, like he did last season in the finals. I think the, the Warriors have a tough time matching up with him. But the difference in my mind is like. The Warriors, as good as they were last year and in the year before, they're a team that, like, it has the ability to, you know, they have the ability to go cold and just lose a game. And, and they, they wouldn't necessarily have guys who can create, you know, when the, when they're not hitting shots and in isolation situations. Well, like, that's Kevin Durant's specialty. When they go cold, and Clay Thompson hasn't hit a shot all playoff, and it hasn't mattered at all, because, Kev, because Kevin Durant in – you know, Curry's a good isolation player as well, but like you need more than one because, you know, guys can double-team, guys can take the ball out of his hand. Kevin Durant can shoot over anybody in the NBA, and I feel like I feel like the way this matchup is working, it's going to be hard for them. It's going to be hard for Cleveland to stop them with a bad defense anyway, and Golden State, who's like, their defense is much better. I just feel like they're going to turn Cleveland over more. I feel like they're just going to get – like, they're going to have – get more stops in big moments than Cleveland is, so maybe the games will be close, but I, I, I trust Draymond Green in that situation more than I trust anybody on the cap. Yep, and you know what? I think this is going to be an indictment on Durant if they lose, 
and it's going to be heap some pra- it's going to be time to heap praise on him if they win because I think it's going to come down to him. I think he's going to have to make big shots. I think he's going to have to to take over at times and be to or have the killer instinct that Steph Curry has shown he's had the last couple of years and that uh, LeBron James has shown time and time again that he has. If you got two guys that have that killer instinct and I mean even Kyrie Irving is showing it a little bit here and there. If you have two guys that have that instinct, you are going to be in the NBA finals. And that's what we've seen from both of these teams. So it, but it comes down to Kevin Durant, in my opinion, because he's the guy that hasn't proven it in the finals before. If he wilts under the pressure, if he fades and he misses some shots or something, and he starts to, defer to other guys, then Golden State might be in a little bit of trouble because who knows who else is going to be hot any given night besides Curry, of course. But a guy like LeBron James is not going to back down. So that's why, to me, Golden State is going to be – they should be run by Kevin Durant in this series. And if he steps up, which I believe he will because I think he's got – he has an edge – about him now that he's been playing with some of these guys, green, et cetera. Uh, I think they're going to win the series, but it comes down I'm to glad, Kevin Durant. Yeah. I'm glad you you put it that way because I'm always curious when it comes down to the NBA finals, like it's, it's not always like just about who wins, who wins the NBA finals, but like how are legacies affected one way or another by sort of the course of this series. So I'm, I'm wondering, you, you mentioned Durant first, so we might as well start with him. Let's let's just go let's go the opposite. What if Kevin Durant doesn't play well in this series, but Steph Curry plays phenomenally, and the Warriors win? How does how do you think that impacts like Kevin Durant's national perception? Do you think that that like the, the obviously he'll he'll still get for winning the title, but do well, you think like right the average so, the, the average hater will I, be like would, oh well like I'm sorry go ahead. I don't know I would guess that that immediately they would take away from the win for for him and heap stuff on Curry, but as time goes by, especially if Durant is still a top three player in the league over the next five, ten years, people are going to forget that he had a bad a bad final. So there, there is he will have a chance to redeem himself, but I think the immediate aftershock would be that of sort of taking away and, and the, sort of degrading his, his play. You know, not him as a person, of course, but just... <laughs> Just trying to trying to take something away from from the win, as as far as te- Kevin Durant is concerned, and then he praised on whoever stepped up. There's there's always been this interesting thing that didn't exist before Michael Jordan. That like since Michael Jordan seems to have exist, existed with like every championship team with multiple stars, right? Like somebody has to be labeled the Jordan of the team, and the other person has and the second person has to be labeled the Pippen. You know what I mean? Like you saw when he when when LeBron and Wade first joined sure. Miami, there was like a brief like, which one is the Jordan here? Well, sure, Wade yeah. was here first. So and, and then it like it became so quick, clear so quickly that Wade, even though obviously Wade gets credit for those title teams, I don't think anyone like like thinks of Wade as like leading the Heat. To, and Wade is a special case because they he led the Heat to another championship as as the sort of Jordan figure. But he's he's seen as like the Pippin figure of those those uh, Heat teams, right? You, you probably agree with that, right? Like, he has seen it. Like, yeah, definitely. Front. He's Pippen yeah, and he's and, Kobe because he played with Shaq, too. Yeah, and these, the Warriors are in this, like, weird, unique position where, like, I don't I don't think we've entirely decided who the Pippen is on this team because, like, Steph Curry – like, I feel like people want to say that Steph Curry is the Pippen, but the thing is that Steph Curry won a championship last year, right? And Durant comes on this team – and there's like, I, I almost feel like people aren't sure which one of them is the better player. And there's this part of me that like that, that thinks that, yeah, they are competing with the Cavs, but there's there's like a small element of even if it's not intentional on their part, but just in terms of perception, they're kind of competing with each other to a degree. Do you disagree with me? Uh, I mean, I guess I I feel like they can they can play together though, and they can make it so that they both come yeah. out come out looking no. looking shiny, you know? 
I know I agree with you there. I don't I don't mean competing with each other in a negative way, like like rooting for one to do bad. Obviously, they can both have great games, and maybe they will both be great in these finals. And then it'll be it'll be sort of the hardest version of like uh, the the hardest version of like which one was Jordan and which one was Pippen since like since like early Lakers, right? When Kareem still had it. That's, that's like the last time I could think of, of. So you know what? This is actually this is tough for for Clay Thompson, right? Because there was a time where it was he was supposed to be the Pippin to to Steph Curry's Jordan. So now that Durant is there, he's kind of just the third wheel, right? And I I kind of I'm starting to feel bad for him. Yeah, and and the, the problem with Clay is that like what he does is sort of. Like it, it's already a, a lesser version of what Curry does to a degree. With the shoot, obviously not the off the dribble stuff, but like shooting, and it's it's like it's like half Curry, half Durant in terms of what he does. And he's not as, he's not as good as either one of them. But the problem is, is that Draymond is like his skill set is so totally different that I feel like it's like Draymond's value in terms of how people see this team has as like the Rodman has sort of it, it sort of pushed Clay Thompson down to the Tony Kukoc role. They've all, since. You know what I mean? He's like, it's he's so like funny. the guy who's a, he's a, it's a, it's like a luxury now if Clay Thompson plays well. I don't think Clay, do you feel like Clay Thompson has to play well for the Warriors to win the finals? I don't. No, definitely not. But I mean, it would be nice if he did play well. It's funny that how things work like that in the NBA, though. We all sort yeah. of talk about teams and top to bottom, with, with who has the best team, whatever. But really, it comes down to who's got the top two to three guys that are going to step up night in, night out. And it maybe maybe it's that they don't even they're not even asking as much of Clay Thompson because they have those two guys and that's why he's he's not really playing that well. But he was he was yeah. at the at the top of his game in the last couple of years and people are starting to talk about him as a superstar type of player and and a, certainly a superstar type of talent. And to that, I just want to do a little quick tangent quickly wonder how good is Devin Booker really going to be on a team with a player that's, that's better than him and leading the way. And I, I thought of him because he scored 70 plus points in that meaningless game against the Celtics this year. And he's an up and coming star, but just him as a, as a general idea in the NBA, how effective can those guys types of guys really be on a, on a NBA finals championship contender? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's like a, a catch-and-shoot guy with enough volume and being like enough, uh, like reaching a certain level of, of quality in terms of catch-and-shoot. Like, that, that's obviously super valuable. I mean, Clay is like okay off the dribble now. He, he used to be terrible, but he's not like, he's not somebody amazing that you could like run your entire offense through like a Clay Thompson pick-and-roll or, or something like that, right? So like a a lot of Clay Thompson's shots are, are created off of space created by Curry and, you know, now created by Durant. But, uh, but previously, Curry and, and Draymond, you know, going up against a guy who's slower than him from the perimeter, freeing up, like, you know, a lot of his assists were to Clay Thompson. So I, I think Clay Thompson can be super valuable in sort of like a bigger Ray Allen who can play defense sort of way. But, like, you, you, you wouldn't want, like, I don't know, you just in the same way you wouldn't want Devin Booker to be, like, the primary fulcrum of your offense, you wouldn't want that to be Clay Thompson either. So, given the right, right. team, Clay Thompson can put up you know his 37 point quarters. But given the wrong team, um, he's still valuable because he still creates that spacing for you. But he's just going to be like sort of the you know the 15 point a game guy that you see on a lot of teams who you know he's he's your Jay Crowder in, in another situation. And he's obviously a much better shooter than Jay Crowder. He doesn't you know he can get a shot off in much less space. But you, you understand what I'm saying. Yes. Yes, I do. Uh, anyway, let me, let me ask you. Yeah, let me ask right. you this question. So, so Curry, Curry wins another title, right? Gets a, gets another MVP. Do when we factor in his back-to-back MVPs of, of the regular season, and then two titles, do you think it's enough? Even as as it at his at his age, which I think is like twenty-seven, twenty-eight. Like, can we already start? Like trying to figure out where Steph Curry is on the list of cards. Do you think it's it's too early in his career at that point? Two-time MVP in the in the era of LeBron, one of the best seasons ever, two championships. Is it just still not enough to like? No, I mean, I, you can, I think you can start to you can start to talk about it for sure, uh, because there uh, really 
how many top guards are there? I mean, unless you're going to consider Michael a straight-up guard. But if you're looking at, straight, at point guards, the list is not really that long of point guards that led their teams to titles consistently. And he would be looked at as one of those one of those guys. So you definitely have to start putting him up there in the conversation. Um, and then after the next couple of years, I would imagine that he would pass a lot of the guards at the top of that list. Let me ask you this. Steph Curry wins wins another title, all right, wins the MVP. So he went to th- he went to three finals, won two MVPs, won uh oh sorry, one MVP because he got all the one the other one, won two regular season MVPs, and then he you know, then he breaks his leg and has to retire. Would you do you think Steph Curry is a better player than Chris Paul at that point? Hmm. Or do you still think with Paul? That's tough. Mm. Curry's team teams have been so much better for the past couple of years. I I would still with the bulk of his career go with Chris Paul just because he's he does it year in year out. He does it on good teams. He does it on bad teams. He's never won a title, but I don't necessarily blame him for that. Um, that would be a tough circumstance for Curry because he's certainly on on a trajectory right now to put him in the top top echelon of all NBA guards of all time. But if he were to stop playing after a couple of years, I'm not so sure I would be able to do it. All right, fair enough. What, what about LeBron? You know, I'm, we had a couple of weeks ago, we had Gelso on, and I sort of made the, the argument that, that, you know, he's right there with Jordan, if not, like, past Jordan. Do you think that if, if – how much does it do for his legacy if he then beats these Warriors two years in a row with, like, an inferior roster – you, yeah, you, you know what? Like, if he wins this series, that does it for me. That I, I don't. I, usually, I've been harping on the, the amount that Jordan got. He was there so many times, and I just I don't think that Jordan's adversity once he got there was necessarily as as strong as what LeBron's has been the last three years. And yeah, he's cherry picked quite a bit, and th- that's he's he stayed in the East and and all this. Um, but if he finds a way to to will his team to beat this Golden State Warriors team, then I think that puts him over the top. If not, if they if he doesn't win the thing, then he still has to get back there a couple more times before I start talking about it. But beating this team would be impressive. So, yeah, I mean, for me, there's, there's still a lot of value in finals appearances in which, like, I mean, there's not complete value, obviously, but, like, there's still some value in his eight in a row, whatever he's up to now, something like that, right? I mean, that's, that is, that is like, if, like, I'm not exactly sure what his number is, but if not, if you don't want to say it's Bill Russell-esque, it's at least, like, Jerry West-esque, you know what I mean? And and that was, like, in a time where there were eight teams versus the 30 teams there are now. I just think, like, that combined with the amount of titles he has is, is like, an impressive enough feat. But then if you go to four titles and you go, okay, Jordan, like the, the Jordan still has two more when you just look at everything else that's connected to it. It's going to be hard. Like maybe you can say like, well, Jordan never had a, a bad of a game as, as uh, LeBron did in that weird Celtics game where he only had 11. Like I, I think that's a good one game argument, but I, I think if you, if you're just looking at everything as a whole, like you can't say that his, his, like the way he played overall is, is, you know, where, at the height that LeBron's achieved at this point. But anyway, I digress. What's next? All right. Well, we have about 10 minutes left. So okay. why don't we get off, get off the NBA and do a couple of quick uh, quick hitters here, maybe five minutes each. Yep. Um, what do you want to do first, the, the DUI or the fight? Uh, let's talk about the DUI. All right. So, at it again, uh, Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods showing up in the news for something not golf-related. Uh, he blew a 0.00, so he, presumably alcohol was not involved, and that's that's what his statement said as well. But he was pulled over uh, down in Florida, and he was asleep at the wheel, and his car was all banged up, and uh, they're attributing it to the meds that he's been on for all this, all these surgeries that he's had, back fusions and, and Achilles and knee surgeries, etc. So I don't know where you're going with this, Calvin, but 
how much do you buy into all of it? And I mean, I, I think he's telling the truth as far as the, the meds are concerned. Um, but that's just, that just is a sad state if that's the case, because I thought that this guy was starting to try and make a comeback in his old golf age and that he was actually going to be on the tour again. And it doesn't seem to look that way at this point. Well, here's the thing. He had back surgery recently. He had meds. All of these meds were prescribed, uh, like the, the meds that were found in the system. Yeah, he blew at 0.00. He was found uh, apparently, like, pulled over, but his car was running. So it, it's – I don't know. Like, it, it's possible and probably likely, right, that he started driving, re- realized he was falling asleep and pulled over, but was so sort of exhausted that he couldn't turn his car off, which, yeah, I understand why the cops, like – I understand why they took him, took him out, and I understand why they gave him sobriety tests, and they, and they gave him a DUI. But what, what bothers me about this, first, first of all, it's like everyone is in such a rush to, like, to, like, judge this dude. The, the DUI arrest comes out, and everyone's like, uh, like all the, the media reactions of, and, and people reactions of, like, yeah, Tiger Woods, you're a bad guy. Like, first, you're, you know, you, you run out on your wife, and now, uh, now you're getting DUIs, you're a menace, blah, blah, blah. It's like I can sort of I look I guess I can sort of relate not if not relate, I can empathize with like somebody having a bad reaction to medication and maybe needing to go somewhere, someone being on medication, trying to get somewhere, like especially when the medication is new and it's stronger than you think. He had the back surgery recently. Like I don't even if one of those medications was different than one of the other yeah. ones, like you know what I mean? I can I can understand why you would like get in the car and sort of feel okay and have the medication take some time to, to kick in, and he would it's sort of making him drowsier than he realized. Medication doesn't like everyone doesn't react to the exact same degree to medications. It's like a, it's a process of, of adjusting to it, and it's it's an unfortunate thing. And maybe you can argue that like the more responsible thing would have been for Tiger Woods to like have somebody drive with him just to make sure he was okay. Or oh, definitely. Yeah. And and that and that's a fair statement to make, but uh, but just like calling out Takowitz for like being some kind of bad guy for this happening, and like, in I I get the rest of judgment that part is it's like annoying, but but whatever. But now people are like, people are saying like, oh he's a, he's an opioid addict, or like people are like no. still blaming after the stories come out that like oh, exactly the exact circumstances of it are, and, and I get it. Takowitz is like kind of an annoying human being to me too, so I get like why you want to take your shots at him, but, like, I don't know. This feels like a cut him some slack situation to me. I, I don't know if you're on the opposite side, but, like... No, I'm with I you. I, I, it yeah. sounds, it seems to me like he probably just made a mistake in getting in the car and he should have just stayed home. Or, I mean, it, it blows my mind that this guy can't... He, he's, he's made millions of dollars. He's a millionaire at this point. And he can't... He doesn't have anyone around that, that can... Uh, help him out or go to the store or wherever he's trying to get to, or he doesn't have a single person, not, not somebody that is uh, cooking for him, not someone that's cleaning for him. He doesn't have a friend next door. He doesn't have, he doesn't have a, uh, a, a butler that's tending to his every need, anything, any type of person. Is there, a, is there a, does he have a landscaping crew Are any of those guys around? Can someone drive him somewhere? I just don't understand how a guy with that much money gets in these types of situations. That's the only thing that gets me. Like I understand, I, I empathize with the with the, the medication kicking in the, the a way that he wasn't prepared for. But still, if you're on that type of medication, shouldn't you be? Shouldn't you have somebody there helping you out? That's where I'm confused. Yeah, I agree. I mean. But the, but the other thing is, like, again, I don't know what the circumstances of, of that were. Maybe he sent somebody home. Maybe he just he was just alone in, in his place, and, and he was, like, closer to being fine when he started driving. Or maybe he, he sort of was not aware of how messed up he was based on the fact that, like, he's probably uh, taking those medications anyway. You know what I mean? Like, maybe he was already sluggish. And, yeah, it was an unfortunate situation. But, uh, yeah, and obviously you don't want anyone to be a danger on the road and, like, I just I don't think it was intentional and I don't think it was like malicious drinking either. So be, because of that, I I obviously wouldn't like you know would like him to be more responsible with his medications, but I don't I don't really blame him too much. I guess is where where I come down.
Are you on mute? I think I was on mute there. Um, we agree on on Tiger Woods, and okay. Now we're going to move on to the baseball fight, which was one of the better baseball fights I've seen in a while. Uh, and suspensions have been handed down for this. Bryce Harper of the Washington Nationals. And, um, oh, my God, I had his name. Is it Henry Strickland? Uh, it's something Strickland, yeah. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Hold on. It's foolish. Foolish. I, anyway, of the New York – or the San Francisco Giants um, are – both suspended for what happened in this game the other day. Um, Hunter Strickland, Henry Strickland. I, I, I apologize, Hunter. Apparently your, your teammates or some of your teammates don't really think too highly of you because they didn't get in the scrum. <clears throat> Buster Posey. Um, excuse me. Uh, this fight was awesome. And it, it, supposedly it's been brewing for the last couple of years between these two players because Strickland didn't like Harper taking him deep and doing the Harper type of thing, which I think he has every right to do, by the way. I, I love celebration in baseball as well. Uh, let those guys go do whatever they got to do after hitting a bomb. If, if you don't like it, don't throw it there. Um, but this guy beans Bryce Harper, one of the, the most prominent players of, of the the modern era, I, I guess I would say. He's young, up and coming, He's a, but he's also established himself as one of the top hitters in, in all of Major League Baseball. So this guy's got a, a chip on his shoulder. If you don't know who Bryce Harper is, you should go check out some of the other stuff that he's done, not only with the bat, but uh, with his uh, temper as well. Um, but yeah. I just I, I think that him defending himself in that manner was, was awesome. And I think he, he – he just clocked Strickland right in the face and then got out of there and Strickland looked like the fool. Uh, anyway, Harper was suspended four games and Strickland got six because he's a pitcher, a relief pitcher. So what's your take on this, this fight, Calvin? I thought it was great. I mean, well, first of all, don't get me wrong. Bryce Harper was losing that fight and would probably lose, like, based on, based on what I was watching, so I, I would, I'd put my money on Strickland if that fight went to its natural conclusion. Because, you know, Bryce Harper was popping himself and it was fun, but I felt like Strickland was sort of getting the better of that. But, yeah, first of all, pitchers, hey, if, you don't wanna, if you're tired of guys showing you up, you know what you should do? Just do a cartwheel when you get a strikeout. Like, why don't pitchers ever think about, like, doing their own show-ups? Throw your glove up in the air and then, like, catch it behind your back. You know what I mean? That's what I would do if I was a pitcher. Instead of hitting the next guy, just show, just show them up yourself. Not even, yeah, you don't even have to do that. Just point into the player or, or like stare him down and give a scream. Where's Where's Papelbon? You know, people guys used to do that just yeah. five six years ago, and they're not doing it anymore. And baseball to me has just gotten really soft. And I don't know whether it's the players' fault or whether this is coming down from executives in the league office. But I just I don't like the way that yeah. baseball has gone. Yeah, and this guy particularly, Strickland, is such a jerk because Bryce Harper took him for two home runs in 2014. 2014, right? He's a relief pitcher, so he hasn't seen Bryce Harper since. He's been having this grudge on, on his mind the entire time. So he, like, gets revenge for something like it. You, first of all, there has to be a statute of limitations on, like, how long you can wait before you get revenge. You know, I, you know, I think it's, like, garbage when somebody, like, tries to attack somebody physically, throw a baseball at somebody's body, which is like a, a physical reaction to like not liking someone's the, the way somebody plays a game is, is like already insulting, but fine. Rules of baseball, whatever. You have to let it go after that period of time. You know, you can't, you can't that's why Buster Posey didn't go out. He knew it was stupid. And the, the Shreds won that series and the World Series due to still being petty about Bryce Harper maybe taking a little too long to get around the bases. Even, I watched even those home run shots, and they were fine. So stop being a baby, Hunter Strickland. Like, I wish baseball had, like, suspended Strickland for, for more than they suspended Harper. I know it's six as opposed to four, but he's a pitcher. I guess he's a relief pitcher, but, but still. I would have liked to see, you know, a, right. a greater to sort of reflect, uh, you know, the, the real causations of those situations. But I'm, I'm fine with it. It was fun, and I like a good fight. All right, good timing because we are out of here. That's it. Long. That's it. No, short and late. That's what we were tonight. Thank you all for listening out there. Uh, I'm craving crawfish right now. I want some crawfish. Somebody tell me where I can get some crawfish in Boston. Please. Calvin, have a good one.
Beat you, buddy. Good night, everyone. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs>